On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we break down a wild weekend of boxing. We went into this weekend thinking it could be okay. Ended up exceeding expectations. That's why you tune in. Chris was there ringside in New York City for that matchroom card. There were some fights on Friday night that we got to talk about. Some controversy, some big fights being made in the women's boxing. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. This is a product of John Boy Media. I am Dan Canobio. He is Chris Algieri, well-traveled, literally just landed in Florida, back from New York on the call, uh, Madison Square Garden Hulu Theater for what was an historic night of boxing in the women's uh, divisions, undisputed all over the place, good fights. Uh, there were some fights Friday night. Chris, how are you? And uh, how was the traveling? And tell us about New York. I'm good. I'm a little haggard. If you, if you can't tell, I think I have some bags under my eyes. <laughs> it's a late night calling fights and traveling early. Yeah. Uh, and New York was absolutely freezing. Whatever a polar vortex is, the, it's it's cold. It was very, very cold there. Like We're talking like single digits, six, seven, eight, nine degrees. We um, love talking weather is, at the beginning of the show. We always do. My face is chapped from being out there. It's, I'm, I'm not made for the cold anymore, man. But Dude, it uh, was, good, I was upstate. Good to be back over here. I was upstate um, seeing the lady, minus 10. Mm-mm. I never felt that in number. my life. That's not a number. What does that mean? What do you mean minus? 10. Minus what? What does that did, mean? Did you see up in Mount Washington in New Hampshire? It was the coldest temperature ever recorded in U.S. history. Minus like 110 or something. Oh, Jesus. Come on. I got, your breath is going to freeze into icicle. What do you... What, what, yeah. You'll die the minute you step out there. Um, yeah. What happened over at MSG? Anything? Any good stories? Uh, you worked with Shackle. Uh, saw some familiar faces, I'm I'm sure. Uh, you called yeah. a lot of fights, man. You were on the air for a long time. Yeah, we had a four-hour call, Shackle and I. Thank God I was with Shackle because he is he is a, a, a consummate professional. He's so good. And so good. He's got such a great voice. He he, he calls like he does his homework. So I wasn't worried about the long call with him. Um, but, but no, it was good. It was, it was a good night of fights. It's always great to be in the Hulu Theater. Um, Shackle and I reminiscing. He's like, "You fought here before." I'm like, "Yeah, a bunch of." I'm like, "I fought here," and I just remembered. I was like, "I fought there like 18 months ago. It wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. It was my fight with Lippy here for uh, on Triller. Um, it was cool walking in the guts and seeing all the all the uh, the commissioners and everybody. You know, just seeing my my, my New York people. So always always yeah. always a pleasure. Star studded night. I mean, you had a lot. Of, Shakur Stevenson was there. Gerberlanga was there. I think every top ten female fighter was there that's pretty cool about well, i had the- i actually had to get Shakur stevenson into the building he so i went i was i was going outside yeah. after the before the bell call and he's sitting outside with his with, with his lady and i'm like i'm like man what are you doing he's like oh they won't let me in i'm like it's f- five degrees outside i, I go to yeah. the i go to the security guards so i'm like yo you gotta let this guy at least stand inside so like, oh, yeah. i can't do that i'm like yes you can trust this me it's, it's five degrees star. outside yeah it's Shakur stevenson's a world champion like no msg, you gotta Those let MSG security guards don't mess around man Nah, they're rough. They're rough. They Dolan on Dolan. James Dolan was there, uh, pre, uh, you know, owner of the Knicks mm. and the Rangers and the MSG. I saw him. He went from the Garden because the Knicks were playing upstairs, blew yeah. a nice lead. The Knicks, of course, came down, and then he. Uh, I saw Dolan there, but yeah, they don't mess around. Like the Shakur was there, uh, Berlanga. Um, I mean, no, he's taken a lot of meetings this uh, these past couple weeks, and then you had almost every female fighter of note: Sinisa Estrada, uh, Clarissa Shields. I saw Sula Rubino was there. 
Yeah, that's the cool thing about women's boxing is it seems like there's a really good sorority. I wouldn't say it's a fraternity, a sorority of sisters together. They they all support each other. Um, I even seen Terry Harper tweet uh, that she is a fan of Alicia Bumgarner. If you can re- rewind back, Alicia Bumgarner stopped Terry Harper to bring her to where she is today. Um, but we'll get into that card first. Uh, you were on the calls from the beginning of the night on. There was a lot of fights uh, on that before the bell card. And then everything culminated with um, the main event. Amanda Serrano and Erica Cruz. Good good God. I mean, that was, I think Lou DiBello tweeted, this was a the gaudy ward of women's boxing. Uh, it kind of was. I mean, uh, Amanda Serrano wins. Um, she really earned it. Uh, becomes the first Puerto Rican uh, fighter, male or female, uh, to become undisputed in the four-belt era. How about this, Chris? 1,917 combined bunch punches thrown. That is a record. Wow. That is the most ever thrown in a women's fight. 459 combined landed punches, second most in a women's fight. Both Serrano and Cruz threw the most punches individually in the history of women's boxing. Keep in mind, those are two-minute rounds. So to cl- throw uh, close to a thousand punches in two minute rounds, ten rounds, is unbelievable. Mixing back and forth uh, that headbutt, which changed the course of the fight. Erica Cruz. I mean, if you don't know who she is now, she's on the scene in, in, a, in a big way. Serrano is 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 a beast. I mean, she showed that she still has that gas tank. There are other things that are maybe are slipping due to just age. But what were your overall impressions of an absolute war? You know, I expected it to be a good fight. Uh, Cruz is, is no joke. You know, she's Mexican. She comes forward. Um, first round looked scary. Looked like she didn't really want to fight. She was, it was not, like, it was like, it looked like it was going to be a, a Serrano blowout. And in the second round, she comes out and she's just like, you know what? I'm here. I can do it. I can deal with her power. I think that's what it was. She's feeling out the power. And she's like, oh, I can deal with her power. And then she just made it a, a barn burner from there on out just letting both hands go any chance she got awesome body work throughout, which I think was really important for Cruz to get to the body early with Serrano, get that little bit, sap that gas tank a little bit, take the body, take the power punching away from her somewhat. So she could take those shots down the line. Then you got that wicked headbutt and that cut where I'm surprised Serrano didn't get cut worse when they clashed heads. Cause she got hit in the eye, but in her was a uh, cruises or forehead. Oh, I mean, bleeding throughout blood and guts type of fight, nonstop punching, uh, Serrano, as you as you alluded to, definitely seeing some some erosion of the skills. She was getting hit a lot, a yeah. lot. She could not see the right hand, the right hook coming at all. Um, possibly because it's a southpaw. She hasn't really fought that many southpaws. Possibly just because of the aggression and the pressure from from Cruz. But she got hit a lot to the body and especially that right hook to the head upstairs. And um, and the, and the, the that one punch power wasn't there. You know, I don't know if it's the weight class. I don't know if it's the age. But um, it made for a great fight, though, either way, because, I mean, Cruz really came, showed her all. I'd like to see her again as well. Well, she got hit the most she's ever got hit in her career, uh, Serrano. Um, If you listened to last week's episode, we talked about, you know, she's getting hit more than she's ever has been, Serrano. Um, Now this is five straight fights that have gone the distance. Um, Listen, when I watch her fight, she's legendary. She's... Very, very elite. She is one of the greatest to ever lace them up, uh, female fighter. And obviously now she has the undisputed to go along with it. But she is human. You know, father time waits for no one. Um, we're seeing signs of, of defensive slippage. Uh, we're seeing signs of a power slippage. Gas tank is still there. But you're seeing a long career, grind out fights, 
jump in different weight classes, that takes a toll on you too. She's now 34 years old, um, suffered a lot of bruises and cuts in that fight herself. She's got a lot of money now too. Yes, which is what you do, which is why you grind those early years. And now she's finally seeing uh, the fruits of her labor right now at, at age 34. But after the fight, you know, she's brought in, uh, Katie Taylor's brought into the ring, and they announced uh, that they will be fighting on May 20th in Dublin. And my first reaction is, wow, that is a quick turnaround. That is a yeah. very, very quick turnaround for such a grueling a tough fight, fight for Serrano. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she is getting hit a lot, the fact that the power, which she's been known for, I think she's going to have a tough, I think she's looking like an uphill battle against Katie Taylor, who is no spring chicken either, 35 years old, who knows how many fights Katie Taylor has left. But that was my first reaction when they put the two in the ring. It's like, damn, that fight, that's a quick turnaround for, for Serrano, who's showing, obviously, is still amazing. Like, come on, throwing that many punches, and and her gas tank is incredible, and she's still one of the best uh, women boxers in the game right now. But that's going to be a tough test for, for Serrano against uh, Katie Taylor. Yeah, and she has to go up two weight classes. I don't know why no one even talks about that. Like, she's fought at 26 this weekend. She's got to go fight Katie Taylor at 35. Right. Hopping two right over Bumgarner. Two full weight classes to fight the pound-for-pound pound best female fighter in the world, you know, in, in a, sh- a few short months. So, I don't know. The, the, I, I, people, I think, because their first fight was so epic at, at 35, and then immediately after she drops down to 26, you forget that she jumps weight classes. Like, it's almost no big deal. But it's still a big deal still matters, you know, that she's fighting in different weight classes. She's not in her ideal weight class fighting the biggest fight of her career. And like you said, coming off a, a, a blistering fight, uh, uh, a damaging fight. Yeah, uh, quick turnaround. But listen, chase that paper when it's there because opportunity does not knock a lot. you got to do it. That's what makes women's boxing great is like they understand the moment. The promoters understand the moment. There isn't a lot of other options out there. you got to get that money while you can. Like I don't see how the the second fight can possibly live up to the first fight unless there's like knockdowns on multiple sides here, and that could definitely happen. Like Taylor could easily knock down Serrano in this fight, and, and vice versa. But like I don't think the second fight is going to be as good as the first. I think the second fight is a fight for Katie Taylor's homecoming. I think it's a fight for to make a lot of money, and it has to happen. We'll see what we get in the ring. It could end up being a, a actually it could end up being better because of the 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 slippage and defense. You know what we saw uh, in as fighters get older, their defense starts to to wane, and then you see a lot more offense. I mean, I think that's what Serrano is now at this point. We'll see how much uh, Katie Taylor has left, but it did go the distance, Chris, and I did pick that for my parlay. I am red hot, three and zero this year on parlays. I had Liam Wilson. Uh, and Navarrete over seven and a half rounds that hit. I had Serrano decision, which I had to literally eke out, sweated that one out because I thought that they were going to stop the fight because of the cut. And mm-hmm. it might have been a TKO uh, if it didn't go past a certain amount of rounds. And I also thought that Serrano might have been able to stop Cruz late. Cruz is superhuman. I don't know how she kept coming forward with, with those cuts on, on her head. Uh, but now I am 3-0 on the year. People are, are are looking at my picks. They're they're asking, Dan, where is your parlay this week? And But you also know what's coming up this week, Chris, is the Super Bowl. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. It has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets 
instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings. Happy hour super boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern for uh, to see what prop bet will be boosted. I'm going with the Chiefs. I hate the Eagles. Um, I will never pick the Eagles. I don't care if I have to lose a bet. I'm red hot in boxing. I don't know. I'll, I'll lose a bet not to pick the Eagles, but I'm going with the uh, Chiefs in this one. I'm also going to take a look at some of these prop bets. Those are fun, like coin toss and, you know, um, who will score first and, and all that. Uh, what's your pick for the Super Bowl? I'm going birds. Why? Go birds. Because because you don't want them to win. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see they lit up the Empire State Building green and white? Yeah, that was not a good look. Not Apparently, good they're going to do that again if the Eagles win. Uh. Come we don't on, need that New York. We don't need Fuck, that. So man, man. New York has been disappointing me a lot lately. Yes. I love, I, you know, it's, it's, it's my, I'm homegrown, but man, come on. Especially the sports scenes. Tough. Knicks losing all the time. Kyrie Irving just got, traded. we were looking good in the, in, in the Super Bowl run. We, we had yeah. fucking New York teams. We were, we were there. We we're right there. Right. <sighs> That's why I cannot root for the Eagles under any circumstances. I'd rather see the Chiefs win. Uh, download the sports, uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code IBL. New customers can, uh, bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code IBL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes uh, for details. So the rematch between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, uh, May 20th in Dublin. No fight venue. Over the weekend, uh, Conor McGregor started tweeting at Eddie Hearn saying, if you can't, if you need help getting this fight at Croke Park, if it's a money issue, I will gladly sponsor it with my uh, whiskey, proper twelve, with all that. Uh, that was kind of fun. Um, seeing uh, is, is he going to do a five hundred million dollar sponsor? Or I think it was five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand dollar sponsorship. That's a that's a that's a big sponsorship. I, I think he just wants to get involved with it. I, he's obviously. You know, Katie Taylor is a friend of McGregor's. They're both from Ireland. This is a big deal for Katie Taylor to get that fight in Ireland. Hey, Dan, so, we're friends, bro. I'm not spending five hundred thousand dollars for you. He gets a the proper <laughs> twelve out there. I get that, and he wants to be part of it. And McGregor's coming back apparently to fight. Um, Chandler. Well, he's doing the. Uh, he's coaching the the uh, the Ultimate Fighter season against yes. uh, my buddy Michael Chandler. So I, I wish boxing had that. I wish boxing had an, an Ultimate. No, fighter. we tried. We tried. It didn't work. It's not tender. It's not our thing. I wish doesn't work in boxing. So you, uh, you know why it doesn't work in boxing? Why? Because we're not we're not team players. We don't have teams. So if you, I, you you've you've not really been in in MMA gyms, they're teams. They all train together. They all work yeah, together. No. You need partners. There's wrestling. Boxing's not like that. Boxing is dog eat dog. It can never it can never work in boxing, um, in the way that it works in MMA because th- there is not that camaraderie. There's not that team. Boxing is a is a lone wolf sport, and that just does not work for. There was for, a, yeah reality shows it's a different culture i i agree uh spending Definitely. time on long island watching at some of the gyms the mma gyms it's they there is a lot of tribalism between the teams um but that's the, the latest with serrano and and uh taylor i'm happy it's happening um don't know what type of fight it will be because they're getting up there in age i do but we're gonna talk about that in the next coming weeks leading up to the fight i'm not gonna well, give you guys too much producer chris go. chris you know right. teasing that's a tease call that a tease I like I'm, that. I'm learning. I'm learning this this trade. I'm getting. I'm getting good at this. All right. Yeah. So uh, Amanda Serrano is victorious. She becomes undisputed. Um, we'll keep an eye on the fight with Taylor, which will be going down in in May. Uh, at the end of May, that could be the same night as Haney, um, Lomachenko, which 
mm. I heard is having a little bit of issues. It hasn't been announced yet. A little bit of stalling out on there. But there's some big dates coming down uh, in the fall. April 16th is another big date in the boxing world. We could be getting Tank Ryan and Zhang versus Joyce on the same day. Yes. That's yes. a fun day of boxing. Yes. Hopefully we're in Vegas for Tank Ryan, and then we're at the bar watching Joyce Zhang before we get ready to watch Tank Ryan. Wouldn't that be an awesome day? What is uh what is Zhang and uh Joyce on? Is that Matchroom? Where is where is that? I think it's BT Sport. I think it's probably gonna be an ESPN plus vehicle, it's my guess. We'll be able to watch okay. on our phones, our devices and um, I'm just wondering if I'm gonna be working any of those shows. We'll see, not, Chris. You're in demand. Now. You're back. You're back, baby. I'm all over, baby. I'm all over. I'm you're doing, everywhere. Pro I'm, Box, ESPN. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing four shows a month. Kids got no time for for, for the show. I hope you do have time for. That's this. not true. That's not true. That's, I make. I make every. I make every week. That's true. I, I lied. I'm, that was a big big lie on my part. Big um, lie. Co-main event: Alicia Bumgarner, Alicia Bumgarner. I gotta get that right. She called me out on Twitter once for mispronouncing her name. Alicia Bumgarner. Uh, versus Ellen Mekaled. This was the co-main event. Uh, Bumgarner dropped Mekaled early. I thought her timing looked great. Power looked good. Jabs, jabs to the body. She does not throw a lot of punches. They think we're trying. Yeah. We're starting to see what Bumgarner is all about. She's a lot like her male counterparts, Canelo Alvarez, Jamel Charlo, Jamonta Davis types of fighters, where they throw about thirty punches around. They have game-changing power, but they mm-hmm. are going to give up rounds in their fights because they simply aren't active enough. And bu- that was the case of Bumgarner and, and Mechelet. Mechelet was very tough. Bumgarner dropped very her twice. Tough. Dropped She's her good. twice. Could have easily got her out of there. But it turned out later on she revealed why uh, her gas tank uh, wasn't quite there. Uh, she got a period. And that was – I my girlfriend was watching along with me. She did a double take when she heard that. So did Maddox, her entire team. I posted on Twitter. It is completely blown up on Twitter. A uh, ton of women checking in, saying that Alicia Baumgartner is my new favorite fighter. Uh, besides the story, Alicia Baumgartner becomes undisputed at 130 pounds. She has a lot of options. What did you think of that fight? Um, I'm a big fan of Alicia. I have been for a long time. Um, she's she, First of all, I mean, obviously she can fight. But she's very, very sweet outside the ring too. She's a, she's a, a wonderful person, yes. and um, she can really fight. And her personality is really showing now, which is great. She's getting a, she's getting a spotlight to be able to, you know, show what kind of person she is. Um, she talks to talk. She fights to fight. Uh, she definitely showed some weaknesses come fight night, regardless of the of the the the, the menstruation talk. Um, listen, I've worked with a lot of fighters, uh, female fighters, cutting weight and dealing. With that, listen, it happens. Every every female fighter goes through that their entire career. So I, I don't know. It, it, I thought it was kind of. Te- I thought it was a pretty interesting point from her. I, it's something you never think about for for women's. Well, that's my point. I do all. because I've worked with so many female fighters over the years. Like I know that's a big part of the sport, and so do they. And it, 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 that's not nothing new. That's not nothing new for her. She's yeah. definitely had fights and fight weeks where she was menstruating. That's not. That's it's nothing new. Um, and listen, it it it, it matters. It definitely matters, but. Katie Taylor's never mentioned that in a fight where she didn't do well. You know, like you don't have to, you don't have to mention that. Like it's, it, it's like a fighter saying, like, ah, I was under the weather this week. Yeah, you're in the weather a lot when you fight. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I've I don't. Seen like... A lot of fighters mention that though. Yeah. Well, we all deal with it. Some guys do, some guys don't. 
Same thing with the women. All the women deal with that. Like every single woman has dealt with that in their career. And it gets mentioned very rarely. And I don't know. I don't know if you can really listen. She fought a very tough fighter. So let's not take away that and, and getting tired. And listen, she it's not something new. She she's got tired of fights before. She doesn't throw a lot of punches. Power punchers get tired. Yeah. She's a puncher. You know, so it's like you 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 blow the gas tank out and then you have to recover. And she's very sound defensively, so she can lay in wait and just cover and check and see things and and not throw those big power punches again but um to to just tip your hat and be like oh it's because of that all right well, well because now when you lose in the fight and you say that do we really care anymore no so i don't know i'm, I'm not i'm not a huge proponent of um using that as as your crutch and listen i'm gonna get right over the coals to this because <laughs> i've never experienced it but i don't know I, I just think that every every female fighter has to deal with that and it's just one of those things um she actually threw 54 punches um, per round this fight. It's way up uh, for Bumgarner. So she did show a good gas tank. She showed the power, um, had a pretty wide discrepancy in power landed, 112 to 70. Um, I actually, this weekend, I kind of, and I, I think we texted about this, like I was a big proponent for three-minute rounds. Mm. I think I'm like flip-flopping on it now. I, I have, 100% have. Of... It's a unique fight now. It's a unique like setting now. Women's boxing. The twenty minutes gives you such good action, gives you such good back and forth. It allows it to be on TV more, which was um, Lou DiBella's biggest uh, argument for two minute rounds: is that these networks and these promoters are more willing to put the fights on the air for twenty minutes because you can get a twenty minute bad fight. You know, I don't want to like Sky Nicholson's a friend of mine. Yeah, but they, but, but they also they used to. For, Go ahead. From a promoter's standpoint, they used to be cheaper. They're not cheap anymore. So uh, even even they're though, definitely you know, cheaper you, though than compared to men still. Sure, but there the, the, that gap is is being bridged, and so promoters are going to be less likely to to take that extra step. I mean, listen, they're selling now, so that, that's that's a whole new thing too. They're selling. They're not yeah. getting paid extra though to fight you know, an, uh, an extra 16 minutes, you know, that was something right. I asked. I forgot which fighter I asked about that. And they said, well, are they going to start paying us more? No, they're not. So I, I think I, I'm a proponent for 20 minutes. I think it makes for the fights to be very unique. It makes them to have a whole different pace. Um, they can be exciting. Like this uh, Serrano Cruz fight, they can just like the Bumgarner fight. Um, and the other side of things is sometimes, you know, the fights just aren't pretty and they aren't great. You know, Scott Nicholson's fight was, very tough to watch. wasn't aesthetically pleasing fight because of the you know discrepancy in talent and just the it just was. Imagine that being thirty six minutes. I would have liked that to be one minute rounds if if possible. That would have been a much <laughs> imagine, easier call. Can you imagine that being a thirty six minute fight? Like that would not that would not be good. No, no. I shotgun. I thought we 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 thought the nine rounds was enough. We thought the fight was over. We were just we were waiting for the fight to be over, and then it wasn't. And then it was like, oh, we got another round. Okay. There were some men's fights that I, I wish weren't 36 minutes, not just the women's side, but they're the ones that they have the two minute rounds right now. And I've said this in the past. There's a problem now because there's so many outlets. There are fights that are on TV that should not be on TV. There's a, I used to always say, if you see a guy on TV and I had said this to everyone growing up when I was a kid and when, if you see a fighter on TV, they deserve to be there. You're seeing very good fighters and only good fighters. It's not like that anymore. You're seeing you're seeing prospects knocking out cab drivers. You're seeing two people who should not be on TV fighting each other. And it's not good for the sport. 
I don't like where it's going in terms of that. It used to be you would only see the elites or at least the capables. We're not seeing that anymore. And that's yeah. that's that's an issue for the sport and and for the networks and but I guess you know we're in the world of of YouTubers fighting pay-per-view cards. So I I understand I guess no, it's something we've talked about on the show a lot too. It's it's the golden age of watching fights. There's so many like they have to fill so much content. Like, like yeah, but Torres. we used to have tough bands. We used to have tough bands. I like watching tough man, but I don't want to see a tough man for contest on a a a real card, a pro card. What about uh, our favorite guy that we like to always use in this example? Richard Torres fought again Friday night, blew the guy out. A former football player that had no right being in the ring with him. Like that mm-hmm. fight would never make it to TV like, ten years Shouldn't ago. Be. But. We get to know about Richard Torres. I think obviously the fans want to see him in tougher fights, and he um, is a very interesting guy. It's a double edged sword. It's like we always say. It's like you don't need to see that, but it's also good for their, uh, you know, building them up into an attraction. Uh, last thing on Bumgarner Mechalid. Um, Bumgarner is now undisputed at one thirty. There's obviously a rematch with Michaela Mayer out there. Michaela Mayer was there in attendance. I think they are just playing just pride games i think that if michaela mayer would have won the fight against alicia bumgarner and she almost damn did i mean it's a very close fight would bumgarner give i mean would mayer give bumgarner the rematch i don't think so same reason why bumgarner is not giving uh meyer the rematch right away despite them both very well knowing that that's the biggest most amount of money they could make is with each other it's like a pride thing and i think that bumgarner is like well i got your belts now and you're gonna have to wait and Myers now going up to 130 or 135, not that that matters. What do you think's next for, for Bumgarner? Because there was talk about her potentially fighting the winner of Taylor and Serrano. That would be well down the line. And who knows if Taylor and Serrano have left after their fight. What's next for Bumgarner? Because I don't think there's anyone just, uh, you know, that off the top of my head at that weight class for her. Well, I mean, she could, she's undisputed now. So that was, you know, she, she beat McKay the mayor in the grudge match of her career. She, she, she wins that fight, which will probably turn into at least two fights, maybe three, but she gets her undisputed in this last fight in a, in a tough fight against a tough fighter. Does she get it? Does she get an easy touch now? Does she get a defense? Probably. You know, and probably, and then kind of see where the landscape is after that. So we're in February. We're looking at Serrano and Taylor fighting in the next couple months. Yeah. When we're looking at Michaela Mayer fighting uh, Lin or Datu yeah, in fight. the next couple months. Very tough. Listen, that's a tough fight. We're going to, yeah. we'll talk about that obviously when we get there. So she has a little bit of time. She just fought. She's got her undisputed. She can chill for a little bit. We'll see how the landscape's going to pan out with all those fights that happens. Cause basically I'm looking at it. It's like almost like the four Kings situation or Queens at this point. And you've got Katie Taylor, you've got, uh, Amanda Serrano, you've got Michaela Mayer, and you've got Alicia uh, Alicia Bumgarner. So you've got these these four queens all around the weight classes that they, they can all fight each other, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of money there. Um, and she's got all her belts at, at 130. She can sit and wait and just see what kind of how that pans out, take yep. a fight in between, get an easy one, and then go from there. But I think that would be the smart thing to do, but who knows? You know, you never know. Fight <laughs> Boxing is crazy. Like I said, that, got- Leonard Dattu, that Leonard Dattu fight, is is that's a real fight for Michaela. Yeah, when you get become undisputed, you have a lot of mandatories. You got a lot of yeah. He's coming at you, t- trying to oh, you got to fight this person now. So yeah, I can see a lot of power too, though, to take yeah, to sure. take which fight you're going to take. You know, she's, um, she's she's in the driver's seat for the first time in her career. Right, I, Taylor Serrano. Uh, Taylor and Serrano, I think are in are in that part of the careers where they're just chasing the biggest money fights as they should. Um, mm-hmm. 
a, a winner of Taylor Serrano fighting the winner, I mean, fighting Bumgarner, who was the undisputed champ at 130. That's huge. That's another big fight. Huge. And I'm sure they're going to want to take that because they can make a lot of money there. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. But Bumgarner does uh, in the next couple weeks or months. I should, I do want to see her fight uh, Meyer again. I think that they're I just kind of kidding themselves right now. Uh, Meyer is practically begging for the rematch. And I think that Bumgarner well, understands that. They're banging the catch register. They're smart. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all. They're just they're just they're banging the bill up. And yeah. that's that's like you know they and they, and the two of them especially because they can promote the fight, and they can build the the interest in the fight. I just don't know how fighting. big it is here though in the states. Like that fight took place in the UK, and it was on a card with Kalisha Shields. And Savannah Marshall, I I just well, Mar- don't, yeah, I know Marshall for a fact that Kayla Mayer does not sell tickets in the U.S. Like her fight bef- uh, before Bumgarner in I think it was like a hometown fight on ESPN did did not do well. Like they definitely need each other, and it needs to be properly. What is Mayer's hometown? Like somewhere in California. Okay, did not do well. And Bumgarner yeah. has never really fought in her hometown or has really a home. Her, a bunch of her fights were in the U.K. too. She won her title right. against Terry Harper, and then uh, her the fight with Bumgarner, uh, excuse me, with Meyer was in the UK, and like this is and like her last first night's back. crowd was for Serrano. That was Puerto Ricans in New York. Like that was, That's that what was I mean. a, a very like, very pro Serrano, very pro Puerto Rican crowd. We'll see. That's, a, that's why that the promoters there. They're, uh, that's a good point, Dan. You, you know, you 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 think differently you. than me. I think like a fighter. Yes. You think like a promoter. I think yeah. I think I have to think for. The business side, what makes sense, and I know a little. I'm not saying I know I'm a lot. Dumb, because... I'm just a dumb pug and knows the X's and O's. Well, that's why. Yeah, we need that. We need the balance. We need the, the balance mm-hmm. here. Uh, Friday night, good gracious, really good mm-hmm. main event. Manuel Navarrete, Liam Wilson. This was a fight that we said leading coming out to. This could be a fun fight. We don't know much about Liam Wilson. I told you if you listened on on to the last episode that he was a tall Aussie with a really good left hook. And he showed that. He actually dropped Navarrete in the fourth round. Controversy. Would not be a boxing event without a little bit of controversy. I tweeted this out. It's getting. It's still being chatted about on, on my Twitter. Navarrete goes down in the fourth round. He hits the canvas. He is clearly hurt. Legs not there. He gets up, and his mouthpiece is out. And... Um, the count he gets up at eight or nine and give him the 10 count, and then he has to go for the mouthpiece. Gets the mouthpiece, the, the referee doesn't uh, wash it off, he puts it in his mouth, then puts the mouthpiece in upside down. So, therefore, he had to take it out, put it back in. All things after that 27 seconds elapsed from when Navarrete hit the canvas to when the fight continued. And I know that Wilson hit him as he was going down. But from what I saw, and I haven't heard otherwise, the referee did not acknowledge that as a illegal blow. Because I saw some people tweeting me, well, what about the shot that Wilson hit him with? He, so Navarrete deserved 30 seconds. That's not how it worked. Like in hindsight, yeah. But the referee did not – he did mm-hmm. not let it be known that there was a, a late shot on it. So that point is moot to me. This is what happens in boxing all the time. It's not a 10 count. It is, it is not 10 seconds. It's a 10 count. I understand that, but rarely do you ever see 30 seconds home cooking, I think. They want to never take it. 
Yeah, no question. I mean, Navarrete was was that was his show. He was the guy. Um, I mean, you called it. You said you said the kid had a good left hook. I saw it right away in the first round. I'm like, ooh, that thing is that he whizzes that left hook, and he was throwing it at the right times and just missing Navarrete very early on. I'm like, well, he's gonna get him with that eventually. And uh, as you alluded to on our last show, that Navarrete is not the best guy in terms of the footwork and defense, and he gets hit. And now he's in a new weight class with guys who are bigger than him. He's been bigger than everybody. He's been a weight bully for a while, even as he's moved up. Now, I don't think you really do that. He still has power, obviously. Um, he's still rough. He's still very talented. But he's not the weight bully that he was at 26 and 22. So now at 130, new weight class, you got a guy, big, long, strong, whizzing that left hook, catches him, puts him down, probably put him down for the count. But he gets the extra at a time, survives, comes back to win the fight. I'm going to say it. We need a rematch. But is it going to happen? Absolutely not. No way. <laughs> it's not no going to happen because Valdez came into the ring. They are signed, sealed, delivered to fight sometime in the summer, which is I love that fight. Can we talk a little more about the controversy? The, the What did you take from that? The 28 seconds elapsed. Um, a lot of different people out there uh, responding. Uh, to discussion I put on Twitter, which I, I love, that was a good good discussion. There were, you know, I do know that it's not a a it's at the rest discretion. It is what he right. thinks the ten count is, but I will say it again: like I've never seen an additional seventeen seconds. That's a lot of time. You know, spitting out the mouthpiece. Let's get into that. Spitting out the mouthpiece is a veteran move to survive. People, yep. I've heard. Oh wow, that's that's wily. That's a vet move. That's that's crafty. But should he have been? Docked a point. If he's docked a point, that's even more time that he's given to recover. And Navarrete was going to try to get him out there, which which he did. Spitting out of the mouthpiece. That's an old vet move, right? Yeah. So there's a couple vet moves when you got somebody hurt, and and Tito Trinidad was really good at this. When When he was hurt, hurt. he would hit you. He would hit you low. He would hit you low on purpose, and he did that in a a bunch of fights. Did it with uh, with Vargas. Vargas. So remember the uh, Tito Trinidad Vargas fight. Trinidad comes out, guns blazing, slips a jab, left hook, bang, puts Vargas down immediately. Is gonna basically gonna finish him. Fernando Vargas, phenomenal, phenomenal talent at that time. I'm still undefeated at that point. Comes back, roars back, drops Trinidad. He gets up, he's starting to finish him. Trinidad, super bad, low blow. Boom. Ref steps in, cuts him, breaks him, boop, gives him a, get a time to recover. He was buzzed. So I fought, I fought fighters before who have done that. I was dro- I uh, I dropped a Puerto Rican fighter as well to the body several times. And I was going in for the finish and he went with a very, very blatant low blow, which separates the time, gives you more time to, to recover. It's a veteran move. Listen, it's just part of the sport. It's, it's, it's a way to get more time. Speaking out mouthpiece is another one. Good. Take a point. Listen, in my fight against Pranikov, I took a knee. I lost a point for that. Mm-hmm. I gave up a point because I knew I, I knew I had chance to, to, to fight back and, and, and gain my points back. If the fight ends there, if I get stopped, then the fight's over. I got I can't fight back from there. So I'd rather give up the point and be able to fight on than the fight end right there. So yeah, that it's just that's just that's just part of the rule set that fighters understand. So yeah, you go down, take some extra time, you spit the mouthpiece out. I think the referee did a pretty poor job. I think he should have definitely taken a point away. It was a very blatant spitting out of the mouthpiece like i've seen it like fall out and that's there are some times where it's accidental or also times where it's less obvious if the fighter is looking to buy some time i think navarrete was doing that it was so obvious what he was doing there so i think the referee messed up by not docking a, a point there I have the the so, 10 so count, what do you, you take two you take two points 
So what? He still knocked him out. Take two for being a bl- uh, for a blatant foul. I've never seen that. Which have you? I've seen. I've definitely seen that. Definitely seen that. Taking two points. Pretty rare. No. Very rare. Super rare. But uh, if that's referee's discretion, he could do that. But referee listen, didn't do anything. Muhammad Ali, when he got dropped by um, uh, the Englishman, um, oh man, losing, losing, losing my mind. Um, they cut his gloves in the corner. He gets dropped, goes down, is hurt bad. Glassy eye. right? No, 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 no. Englishman. Um, shoot. But what happened? Anyway, so he gets dropped badly. Glassy eyed, hurt bad. Goes to the corner, hurt. Corner cuts the glove. They Henry have to Cooper. change the glove. Henry Cooper, exactly. Yes. Englishman. So he ends up stopping Cooper on cuts over the eye a few rounds later. Yeah. They don't do that. He doesn't get that extra time. History is different. You know, do what does the referee do in that situation? I mean, it's. I, I, I mean, it's very easy to jump on the refs because we're watching from home. We have all these replays. We have, you're given more, but. They also have replay there too. They also have other the commission there. Tough to make that decision. And so, what do you do? Do you DQ him? I think you take away a point from Navarrete, but I think he was fine. But at, at the end, it doesn't matter. I do, it That's doesn't matter. Point. It does take a point away, but Navarrete was going to come out and try to stop Wilson. But we didn't know that was going to happen. Like Wilson ran out of steam, and he also was going to kick himself because I think he had Navarrete hurt, and and he just. He wasn't as aggressive as he was early on in, in, in the fight, and I think that also has to do with Navarrete stepping up considerably with his punch output after he got dropped. But could have took away a point there. That would have been a two-point swing, and maybe the fight plays out differently. I thought the referee did a poor job. Not only not seeing the uh, late shot, and that also is very discre- – like, that's at the ref's discretion too. Like, I don't know if it, he hit him late on purpose. It was, mm. it was pretty close. It was like bang, bang. But when you watch the replay, it's like, all right, Wilson hit him late. Uh, and then Navarrete spits out his mouthpiece. Those two don't wipe each other out because the referee didn't acknowledge either of them. <laughs> and those are points that fans were making after the fact. You know what I mean? Hey, like, all, and all fair points. All fair points. And, you know, all that matters. But but at the end of the day, it, it doesn't because the, the result was the result. I just want to see him fight again. I thought it was, I thought it was a fun fight. And I think... Yeah, I don't know. Will Wilson, I'd like to see him again no matter what. Guy obviously can fight. And you know, he's got he's got Navarrete's number at least to a, a, a some kind of degree. Sure. And that was a nice if, compact if, left hand. That was a nice he's punch. got a great left hand. He's got a great left hook. He throws That's it at the right left. time. It's very short. It's very hard. Um, he's got a great body type for the, for the weight class. You know, He'll and, be back. I think him, the B-sides this weekend. Um, Liam Wilson, Erica Cruz. Made a mm-hmm. name for themselves this weekend. Got to see think, them again. Yeah, yeah. Real fight fans knew, even if the the scorecards were really wide for Serrano Cruz and uh, Wilson. Obviously, there was some cries that he was not dealt. He was dealt a bad hand, and it was odds were stacked against him, whether it was on the scales or whether it was in the ring. Um, but now things move on. I mean, this is boxing. We move on to the next fight. It's Navarrete and Valdez. Valdez came into the ring after. I think Valdez is going to win pretty easily. Uh, I think Navarrete is too wild. He makes too many mistakes. Who knows about his weight? Um, who knows if uh, the power will continue to translate at 130, but that's like the least of his issues. I think he just so defensively inept uh, or irresponsible uh, defensively. I think Valdez is pretty technical and still has pretty good power. I like Valdez in, in that fight, but I think it will be an awesome fight. 
Valdez is definitely very technical. Um, you know, even though he throws wide punches, he sets them up really well. Um, you know, he's got a great amateur background, good pedigree. And I would agree with you on Everette, but I've I've called so many of his fights and seen him firsthand, and I've I've not thought he was that great so many times, and then he just pulls it out because he's he's a great fighter. He's just he's a fighter. <laughs> you know, he's not he's not the kind of style that I really like. He's not like a, a traditional boxer with good technique and you know slick and like actually like like Valdez, but um yeah, uh, I don't know. I think he can make it actually a really fight. I don't. I don't see Valdez winning easily. Um, I always prefer the boxer over the puncher, but um, I think it's a great fight. It's a great Mexican Mexican matchup, and I awesome. think a lot of it is going to come down to that. The idea that it's it's the it's it's the Mexican pride. How does that affect the mindset and the technique and the strategy of each fighter? Because I think that actually helps Navarrete. And may hurt Valdez. Well, you're talking about the machismo, right? Right, exactly. And machismo, machismo, balls to balls. That's like it's, what Canelo was always getting knocked for early on in his career until the second Golovkin fight was like, right. oh, he doesn't he, fight he, like a Mexican, doesn't look like a Mexican, doesn't fight like a Mexican. The fans were like, eh, well, I don't know about this guy. And then he stands in the center of the ring against Golovkin, walks him down, and then now he's obviously like 100% approval rate for the Mexican fans. Well, that 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 hurt uh, Oscar De La Hoya too. Oscar De La Hoya was always seen as Mexican American yeah, because he spoke English. Um, he spoke English, but you know he spoke Spanish as well too. I mean, he's fluent in Spanish as well. It's not like not like some of these guys who don't speak Spanish at all. But um, I remember that it was the Trinidad fight where he boxed, and everybody was like, "Ah, he lost the fight because he boxed. He should have yeah. fought like a Mexican." And, and then he fought Shane Mosley, and he totally tried to fight him, and he loses. Like if he would have boxed, he probably would have won the fight. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. But listen, I mean, that happens in. in in many boxers careers but yeah i think it's a great fight i i, I hope it happens back to oscar did you see 50 did 50. you see his instagram post Sa- uh saturday morning open up instagram first thing i op- first thing I- i'm not ashamed to say i when i wake up i open up all the same apps everyone else does i open up instagram first thing in the morning boom oscar de la hoya naked with a ring magazine belt covering his junk with his CGI abs. I am 50. And shout out to him. He even said it in his caption. I didn't never thought I'd make it to 40, let alone 50. We all know about the demons that Oscar De La Hoya has. But man, he is really showing off those abs. Yikes. First thing in the morning, seeing Oscar De La Hoya fully naked is is one way to wake up, let me tell you. So I, I heard that he actually came out and said that he got um like a like a procedure done yeah of course ab ab etching well i we said that on air i was like there's no chance he literally just got those but um at least you know listen if he's at least being forthright with it yeah good fan he's owning it he's 50 he's had an awesome i think he's hilarious i love i've said this numerous i love his tweets i love what he the things he says his he's just hilarious he just is constant content and He's on a mission, he says, this year to make the biggest fights. And, uh, yeah, but uh, happy birthday, Oscar. 50 years old, uh, thirst trapping on the gram still, uh, loving life. I love Oscar Doho. I've had him on the show a couple times. I think he's 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 hilarious. Um, so keep up. Well, that. I mean, he's he's one of my inspirations growing up. So I know I get people 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 love to hate on Oscar, but everyone forgets the heyday of Oscar De La Hoya when he was an absolute machine, destroying 30, 35, 40 pounders. Awesome. I think up up until one forty seven, he was unbeatable. So, you know, he was big, long, strong, could box, had power, got never got tired. Um, 
but yeah, no, he's one of the guys I grew up watching. I was like, this is this is this is how you box. Well, so. there's no doubt about it. I, I think that you, most fans. Can't... No, there is there is a doubt about it. People forget. People no, no, like, no. They, know they, why they... people forget? It's because yeah. of the last 15, 20 years of promoter post uh, boxer De La Hoya, the antics, a lot of the stuff. Uh, becoming a promoter, and when you become a promoter, fight fans are immediately like look at you differently because you're a promoter and you're giving not giving us the best fights and, and all that. But if you can separate the two, post Oscar, post fighting mm-hmm. career, like his personal life and issues and that, but in the ring, there was no doubt about it. He was the biggest star for like a solid ten years. There was no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, complete crossover star. He was the Canelo. He was the Golden Boy before you know Canelo, and or it was it was Golden Boy. It was Oscar, then Floyd, then Canelo. Um, and it's just kind of the way it goes. Like Floyd beat Oscar, yeah. became the Golden Boy. Of the Floyd torch. beats Canelo, even though they fought. But then Canelo took over a little bit while after that. You know, Sugar Ray Leonard before that, uh, Roy Jones, Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, um, uh, Mike Tyson. So you got yep. these guys that are those guys, and Oscar used to be one of those guys. So I think people forget that. The, Who do you think doesn't? I know we're getting off the, off the path here. Canelo is obviously the guy, but he's you know he's over his thirties. Who's the next? Big star, Shakur Tank. Stevenson. Shakur, Shakur yep. Tank Ryan. I think someone emerges of those three. Yeah, I think I, th- I think it's Shakur. I think he's the most sturdy of the group in terms of and talent. Um, I I just I I, I think that kid is just locked in. I think he is he's so he's got locked a, in. so locked in, and I think that's the biggest thing. And that that's been the difference with with the thirty five pounders recently. Is Devin Haney's locked in. He has he's he's elevating past his talent level. His potential is so much higher because of this, mm-hmm. where guys are killing themselves because of this. You know the head um, for those of who are just listening. I'm t- I'm pointing to my head. Right. Um, you know the Teofimo Lopez. Like he's got all the talent in the world, yeah. but he's having a lot of trouble outside of the shoulders. ring. Yep. Right above the shoulders, there's a problem, and he's getting he's getting surpassed by these guys who are more locked in. And I, I think Shakur Stevenson has that. He's got that Floyd Mayweather. He's got that Andre Ward. He's got that mentality, um, and that all comes from 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 the headspace and being being locked in and focused. Speaking of Tiafimo, uh, final fight that we will discuss: a potential Tiafimo opponent, Arnold Barboza, picked up a win over uh, Jose Pedraza. Really good fight, close fight. Good fight. Didn't good catch fight. fire like maybe we thought it would, but it was competitive. I think the scorecards were like ninety six, ninety four. Um, very close fight. Like I think it was two time ninety six, ninety four, and then ninety seven, ninety three, or and like it wasn't like an like an uproar from fans being like ah, that's that's not the right scorecard. That was a pretty accurate scorecard. Yep. I thought Barboza won, and we saw what we from Barboza what we usually see solid fighter. Like you said last week, solid fighter, nothing more, nothing less. He doesn't have yep. that real second gear, but he's very sound. Got a good jab, active, very athletic, power decent. Um. Pedraza gave him issues. I think once Pedraza, he gave up a lot of rounds early. Once Pedraza moved to Southpaw, he had a lot of success. And I bet you he wishes he did that earlier uh, in the fight. Uh, but Barboza wins. And then um, I think the fight to make now is Barboza Tiafimo. I mean, that's it's just a perfect fight. If Tiafimo's not going to fight Progre, Barboza wants that fight. Like it. That's the fight that should be next. Yeah, I mean, it's been talked about for a while now. I think uh, Barboza's been calling him out. And I thought that was a good first fight for Tiafimo at 140. Um, to go right to Barboza, I think. I think I thought stylistically it would be a good matchup for for Tiafimo. Granted, Barboza is way bigger. He is a big, big forty pounder, and Tiafimo, we have learned, he has not grown into one forty at all. He's still a thirty five pounder fighting up. Um, but 
he still has enough talent and skill. Like you said, he's he's got that wow that Barboza does, Barboza does not. Barboza uh, is solid. He's physically strong. He's big. Um, but I, I was I was saying I was talking to somebody before this fight with Pedraza, and I was saying I'm like, he should win. He's bigger. He's younger. He's fresher. Pedraza has a lot of talent. It's a big win for him. But I think he's going to win, and it's still not going to turn heads. You know, even even being a guy like Pedraza, who's a two division world world champion. And it's been doing really well at 140. I don't think it's going to get a lot of attention because it's just the way that Barboza fights and the way that he wins. It's just not it's not eye catching. Um, he's gonna he needs a fight like a TFM fight, and if he can get a win there, he can get attention. Now we're talking. I think that's a perfect fight for both guys and both guys. Like, yeah, we thought that TFM uh, Barboza is a perfect fight for for Lopez's first foray to 140. Top rank thought otherwise, and they obviously mm-hmm. made the right call because we saw TFM. Uh, his real. first fight was I forgot who, who was his first fight at 148 against. Um, he fought that really tough um Mexican kid, and he looked good. He had trouble hurting the kid, and then finally stopped him right mid late. And then the Martin fight, Martin was, fight it was not no did bueno. not look good. Um, he's no. kind of back himself into a corner. Tifu, obviously not going to fight Progre. Don't think he's ready to fight Progre anyway. Uh, Barboza will stand right there in front of him. He doesn't have a lot of power. Like Tifu should be able to get back on track. You would think against a fighter like Barboza. I think that's a perfect summer fight uh, between the two of them at, at 140. Uh, a division that uh, we got Progre up at, at the top of it. Um, and there's a lot of other moving parts going on at 140. So that's what's going on at 140. I do believe that that fight did get lost in the sauce because it, it wasn't exciting. It wasn't, there wasn't any good knockdowns fight, in it. Good fight, good, solid Good matchup fight. and good fight. Yeah. Right, but the the main event in our own car, uh, Wilson and Navarrete, then what we saw from the women's side, like kind of pushed it down. But I think Barboza T female that should be next. I I agree with you. I think that's uh, that's a log- a logical next step for both guys. More so, you know, more so now than ever. I mean, before it seemed like it made sense for Tiafimo, and it obviously would be good for Barboza, but now like it makes sense for both guys in terms of because because it's not it's not a guaranteed fight for either guy. Barboza wins, it, it propels his career. To Fimo wins, he he should win if he's gonna still campaign at 140. So if, if Tiafimo wins and gets a knockout, I'm not saying he will get that. If Tiafimo wins, that I yep. think sets up for a program fight. Um because that'll be three fights at 140 for Tiafimo at that point. And over mm-hmm. a top ten guy in Barboza. Um uh, like we said, it's all <laughs> above the shoulders though, Tiafimo. Um Richard Torres fought on this card. Picked up another win, first round. Um, guys, interesting. You know, is very interesting guy outside of the ring. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're seeing him inside the ring. Um, that was over on ESPN. Uh, undercard on match from Richardson Hitchens. Nice win over Bowser. I think Hitchens is uh, now a player at, at 140. Definitely. He, he, was, he was the most talented person on the card uh, last night in the garden. He, he boxed cool. really, really well. I um yeah I've I've worked with him a ton when we were in Brooklyn he sparred a bunch of times he has really gotten much much better um in the last couple of years he's grown into himself he's a full fledged junior welterweight now he's he's big for the weight class that was the thing Bowles is just Bowles is in the wrong weight class he looked like a he looked like a thirty pounder in there and Hitchinson looked like a full fledged junior welter looks strong he's tall he's long uses that jab does not deter from the jab. I think he could have got Bowser out of there. Bowser out of there if he if he put some combination together. But he's not a combination puncher. He's a jabber. He's a one-twoer. Yep. Um, but 
all in all, I mean, super sharp, took no damage, very, very smart boxing. I think uh, I think his potential is is especially these last couple fights is really growing. And and yeah, like you said, he's he's a player at 40 for as there's long a, as he can make the weight because he's, there's he's a really lot big. of good fighters at 40. I mean, there's a, re- a lot of good fighters at 40. So he could be a sleeper, though. To... He could be he could be a dark horse of the division. Guys are I not. I heard you know, before they were going to put Hitchens in there with uh, Montana Love, despite Love losing. He beats Love. Park. He beats Love. Technical I, fight. I, but say it right now, he beats, he beats Love. From what I've seen from from Montana Love, especially in the last couple of fights, uh, Hitchens, I think it's just a, a different different type of fight. Good weekend of fights. Um, that was a good weekend. Um, busy one. A lot. Uh, Friday and Saturdays are always fun. Um, watching both of them are hard if you have significant others or a life. <laughs> it's tough to get to all of them. That's why we got you covered here on these weekend recap episodes. Uh, what's going on the rest of the week for you, Chris? Uh, I am going. I got Pro Box this week, so. Uh, we have a great fight coming from from Mexico City with uh, Juan Manuel Marquez's promotion with a bunch of his fighters down there. Uh, we'll to Mexico live. City. Yeah, this is wow. uh, this is the life I live, man. I travel. There's there's nothing. You're heading down to Mexico City with Juan Manuel Marquez. It's my guy. That's that's gonna be awesome. You, sh- you should take a lot of videos. Put them on Twitter. Behind the scenes stuff. I don't think I'm allowed. Do a couple shots of tequila with Marquez. Well, that that that's for sure. I don't I don't know if I don't know if Juan drinks like that. I mean, he has got he has to drink some tequila. Yeah, you're right. I'm 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 being silly. Is Claudia Trejos going to be there? She will. She drinks. She does. Yeah, and she smokes cigars. Her and I will be smoking cigars and 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 drinking tequila. She's awesome. She is actually we're more like a whiskey scotch. Okay, more whiskey scotch cigars. She's so much fun on the road. She she will. Hang oh, she's with the, the best. Boys, and uh, that's awesome. So keep an eye on Pro Box, and we'll have you cover. We'll have another episode um, later in the week talking about. We'll get to the Plant Benavides press conference next on our next episode. Um, there's some fights too at 130. Um, Oshaki Foster versus Vargas. That's for our 130 pounds. That's over on Showtime. Uh, should be some fight announcements too. Uh, but that's it. That's our show this week. Thank you everyone for for tuning in. As always, keep your hands up. Protect yourselves at all times. Don't spit out your mouthpiece and stay out of those DMs. We out. Unless you need to. Unless you need to. (laughs) 